Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. And we are so excited to be back with you guys. We tried this once already. Totally botched the first time through. Yeah. You would think after... Not only through technical difficulties, but human difficulties. Yeah. We're, we're struggling. And part of that is we kind of had a bit of an off week. Kind of an off week. More like an off four days uh, yeah. to celebrate uh, your bachelor party. Yes. Which we can now announce was in Austin, Austin. Texas. Yeah, that was a blast. Yes, it was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. When we talk about what we did, yeah. We ate food. We ate food. We played games. Played games. You guys drank beer. We drank beer. I watched you drink beer. You watched us drink beer. We went to some cool breweries, too. Went to a cool brewery. Well, well I guess those those weren't breweries. Oh, you're right. That was just a cool we went bar. We some cool restaurants, too. Yeah. What was the brewery called? Brewery is called Jester King, the best brewery I've been to, and I keep saying will have ever gone to. I feel like that would be different if I've gone to like a Trappist brewery in Germany, but yeah, Trappist. It was just a farm and like for being in tech, just being in the states, like a brewery to that scale, and one that like wants their beers to be funky and have like f- stuff in them and that to spread and it to be like of earth table to farm beers was fantastic yeah we were just guys in the middle of the woods staring at stars and talking about like transhumanism and <laughs> robots and... it was such a weird conversation <laughs> uh, but yeah it was, it was a load of fun i would say if you guys ever go if you're ever in austin and we would recommend going i don't even drink and i had a good time yes uh i would say go if you go make sure you go Early enough, you can like actually walk around. Make it like a half day. Yeah, if we were there for four hours. I think easily, if you went with people that do drink, people that don't, if you take some things to do while you're there, you, you could take a frisbee. Yeah, we you have a field. You yeah. can do some crazy things. There's people pray, playing uh, ultimate. Yeah, um, but I would plan for like five hours of just like going. One thing we didn't do until too late, but like hiking, like you could walk around this entire farm. And just see things. Mm-hmm. And just enjoy it. And they have goats. They have goats. They have a cat. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Good stuff. I, I would recommend. But we also, since we talked about your, well, not your wedding, but your bachelor party. Bachelor party. This episode is coming out on the 30th. Yes, the 30th. Which means it is the day before Advent. Which means it's the last day of the liturgical year. And it's also... The day of our friend's wedding, David and Annalisa. So we'll be celebrating that up as you guys are checking out the show. You're becoming one person. He, yes. <laughs> David's also my boss. And you guys, if you've listened to the, from the beginning, you've heard us give him plenty of shout outs uh, on, on the show before. Actually, for a while, I don't know if you knew this, this was before you even came on, my laptop crashed mid-episode one time. Been there. And, well, it was like... It was so old that it couldn't process recording a full episode. So it would just like shut down every time we recorded. And so we panicked because I couldn't get a laptop that fast. And so we used David's for a couple of weeks while we were kind of transitioning. So shout out to the, the glory days of the beginning when we had no equipment. This is a great transition. <laughs> it, it is. Transition to what, Gordon? Transition into that what we do is spread our our like something that isn't something we've created it's more of just like our true desires in our heart point us to god whether it's someone of faith whether it's someone that's not or anything like that uh everything we desire whether it's like i desire to watch netflix right now is because you're desiring something beautiful and entertaining right Um, ultimately every desire that we have is a desire for god exactly and just sometimes that desire gets distorted with other things and so on the show, we take a look at those desires, especially in culture and the way that we see those desires becoming active or becoming a reality. Uh, we look at those things and we see how that brings us back to God. Uh, and ultimately, that comes down to helping us understand our relationship with God, but also is a, a tool for evangelization. Yeah. And so if you're new to the show, check out um, some of our episodes in kind of the middle of season two, I think. We had a, quite a few guests on where we talked about different stuff like that. So if that is something 
that people are interested in supporting so we can get better equipment and not have to worry about those not things. Not have a computer that crashes just yeah. in trying to record an episode. Gordon, how can they How can they do that? Well, we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Christ and culture where you can as little as $5 a month. You know, that's like a Starbucks coffee once a month. Yeah. And you can be a part of... Well, actually, we have one more spot available, two more spots available, I don't know, for five exclusive episodes that we have still finished recording, some of them, Yeah, that will only go out to the first five patrons. Mm -hmm. And if you want access to those episodes or the future episodes, or you actually, one of those episodes would be your idea and your content, um, you can do that. Exclusive merch. Other small things of merch. It's not like that's to entice you. It's more of like a thank you yeah, for, sure. for uh, offering your heart in this. And if you don't know anything about us besides what Clint just said, then you can find us at Facebook or Twitter at thechristandculture.com or Twitter is at On the Adventure 2. Or our website, or thechristandculture.com. You can find uh, the, the show. You can find stuff about us, about our guests. You can learn about everyone who's been on the show. And you can also see the blog. Or you can check out our videos at YouTube, which is just the Christian culture. So, and if you can't give, um, well, this is the last thing, and we'll step off our sto- soapbox. If you can't give, and that's hard, but you do want to be a part of this, and you're like, I do want, I, this is, sounds awesome, and I actually have ideas. We're looking for people to help out with the blog, actually. Yeah. And if you're like, That'd be awesome. I, I could maybe do that, but I don't know what that means. Well, go to the website. There's a little tab to contact us and reach out to us, and we can tell you what that means. For sure. Perfect. So with that, the next segment that we always do is the current media. So what have you been taking in? Well, I think the most recent current media when this comes out will be Thanksgiving. (laughs) Uh, Okay, it is... We're recording this on Tuesday. One, we said it's coming out on David's and Alice's wedding. Today is actually mine and Lizzie's anniversary in like dating years. So this is our second anniversary, two years. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, okay. Well, did you think it was longer or shorter? No, I just didn't think about it at all, I guess. <laughs> it just is something. It just is. It's like, oh my gosh, they have an yeah, anniversary? That's one thing. <laughs> the other thing is, so this is Tuesday in the week of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is two days from now on Thursday. I have already experienced three Thanksgivings. Wait, for real? For real. Well, the Friendsgiving that we had. Friendsgiving and two was more on top one. of that? Yeah, and then... Lizzie's parish had a Thanksgiving that Sunday. And then we had a Thanksgiving with our youth group on Thursday. I have Thanksgiving tomorrow with Lizzie's family. And then Thanksgiving on Thursday with Lizzie's family. And then I have a Friendsgiving on Saturday. Oh my gosh. Dude, you're going to weigh as much as I do by the time I'm already over Thanksgiving food. (laughs) Wait, what? And I ate Thanksgiving leftovers today. And some, a few, like, (laughs) I've had so much turkey and stuffing and... Mac and cheese. Dude, and send, send it my way. Just go to the Matlers. There's so much food. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll do. Uh, so that's one thing. Happy Thanksgiving. This is technically our Thanksgiving episode. We always do one. This is our third Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Although it wasn't specifically targeted towards that. But yeah, it is. It, it is sort of Thanksgiving is. week. There you go. Thanksgiving week. End of the new year. <laughs> uh, no, but for real, let's see. I've taken in a ton of games we've, we've talked about. We played a ton of games over the weekend. It was the biggest thing. And then yesterday, I watched Frozen 2. Which, which you said was really good. Yeah, if you've ever... I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast. But if you know me, or maybe I've mentioned the podcast. I don't know. Anyone that does know, you want to give you want to like say, like, I've said that before. And can find, figure out what episode. Then like I'll give you a major shout out. I, I loathe Frozen 1. Oh, really? I think it is a terrible movie. It's just not good. I think and it's overplayed. And I didn't think it was bad. I didn't like it. I thought it was uh, predictable and unnecessary. It's Disney. Everything's predictable. I've heard that argument before. But <laughs> as far as I know, Frozen 2, Frozen 1 doesn't exist, and Frozen 2 is Frozen 1. It's everything Frozen 1 wasn't, and it's phenomenal. Great. But the more I thought, well, actually, I'm. Not, I'm uh, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to... No, I'm not going to... I'm editing. Yeah, you're editing. Close your ears. As far as I'm, I'm concerned, it's it's kind of a Moana story, so I don't know how much I like it. 
Okay. So once you watch it, and we actually do an episode on this, because I'd love to, I'd love to talk about this, but there's something to it that I don't want to like say, because it would make, might make you like biased. Okay. Um, um, and that's about it. Okay. That, that makes sense. I mean, we spent, well, we had a lot of board games, I that's guess. What I said that earlier. I said I played a bunch of games over the weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, my media. Okay. So number one, Ruby season seven. So Ruby is an American anime show. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I think we talked about this before. You watched it. Yeah, I mentioned it. I think all the way back a while when ago. Leah Murphy was on yeah. back in July. Uh, yeah. So season seven, which is the newest season, just came out, and we're about three episodes in, and it's phenomenal. Uh, so I've been watching that with my roommate. The next thing, also three episodes in, is The Mandalorian. Oh my gosh! Don't. Uh, I want to know everything, but I don't want to know anything at the same time. Baby Yoda? I know about Baby Yoda. Okay. Baby great. Yoda is the best Star Wars character to date. I just, I've had so many like debates, just like geeking out with lore and trying to figure out this Baby Yoda situation. But we'll be talking about it more. I want to give people a chance to watch it See, and the thing was, before I freak. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe this was on me. I thought when they were announcing The Mandalorian, like when they first announced it, that the guy who's from Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, John. Happy. John yeah, the Fe- one that Fe- wrote it. He's and the, the director. Or, or director. I thought he was saying this movie was going to be placed between 4, 5, and 6, and 7, 8, 9. But now it's... It is. Is it? So it's not Baby Yoda then. No, 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 no. It's a Baby Yoda race. So here's... Okay. No, you can't tell me anything. This isn't actually in the show. Can okay. I get, give you stuff that's not sure. in the show? fantastic. Okay, so this is lore, Okay. All of you Star Wars geeks out there, you can check me on this. So, to date, no one knows the race of Yoda. Right. So, they call it the Yoda species, just because no one knows what it is. Even within the world, it was a mysterious thing. In the Star Wars universe, at least the canon, there's only two uh, members of that species until now. Yoda, and then Yodul or Yaddle, or something like that. Yeah, it's Yaddle, uh, who was another Jedi Master uh, around the time of the Clone Wars. She was on the Council, or a little before. So those are the only two identified in the entire canon. So this is the third one. No one knows where they come from. No one knows their home planet or anything. So they call it Baby Yoda because it looks like Yoda. It looks like Yoda, and there's no other terminology okay, for that's it. what i thought but i was confused we don't know a name so it's just it's what you call them that's all i'm gonna give away until okay. people have had a chance to watch it so mandalorian then I, I finished clone wars which was phenomenal and so i started watching star wars resistance which is the little like little kid anime animated one cartoon not a huge fan of it yet but hopefully it gets better and then uh i've been Reading slash listening to talks by Scott Hahn on his book, The The Lamb's Supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving a talk on Revelation and the Mass coming up pretty soon. Nice. So I'm preparing for that. Um, and then I've been listening to DJ Earworm. Do you know him? That sounds very familiar, but... So his thing is he's famous for doing mashups of pop songs. Okay. So every December, he'll take the top songs of the year mash them together and it'll be like a highlight of the year he did a mashup of the decade since it's the end of the decade um so i've been listening to his one for the decade and then all of his for the year that's cool yeah so that's really all i've been taking in sweet oh and (laughs) what you told me to watch for this episode which is jojo rabbit jojo rabbit rabbit uh yeah jojo rabbit is this topic it's something i was going to do the last time we recorded i just didn't have it prepped because sometimes prepping is hard yeah but yeah jojo rabbit is oh what is it taiki watiti taika taika i I could have totally bought taika taika watiti he's from new zealand uh he's a comedian who uh, made What We Do in the Shadows. It's a vampire mockumentary. And then really made it when he did Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he was Korg 
And he wrote and directed it. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> He's the reason Thor is funny. Um, <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. And this is another movie of his that just came out this year in October on the well, World War Two, And it's through the lens of a boy who, who is growing up in the Hitler youth. And completely brainwashed yeah and his imaginary friend is hitler mm-hmm. adolf hitler yeah and just like a coming of age story without the aging type thing yeah kind of i mean yeah in a way like they're really he doesn't grow up like it's within like the same so many months or year yeah, and it's kind of a, a dark comedy. It's a dark comedy, for sure. Yeah, because you see even from the very first scene, like, Hitler as an imaginary friend is hilarious, but it also addresses, like, some very important and, and big topics, too. Yeah. Which so, is what we're going to be talking about. Let's jump in. Uh, characters. We always do this just to help you guys out. We have Jojo. Oh, what's his name? Jojo Banzin Bat. Betzna. Yes, Jojo Betzna. My name is Jojo Betzna. <laughs> uh, so we have Jojo Betzna, who is, he's, is he nine? He's ten. ten. Ten years old, and he's just a German boy. Yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, we have Adolf, Jojo's imaginary friend. Now, it, I do want to draw a very important distinction. It is, in every aspect of looking like Adolf Hitler... But the fact that it's an imaginary friend, this is Jojo's, like, presumption of Adolf. Yes. And with with Jojo's thoughts and assumptions and all these things. Um, So that's really important. Uh, We have Rebel Wilson from Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Yeah. And she plays Froilin Rom, who is just kind of a sidekick to Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen's actually from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Um, Captain Klinsendorf is Sam Rockwell and Finkel, his sidekick among other things <laughs> <laughs> he's hilariously stupid <laughs> and they just and all say. three are like a part of the german side of the war but also not because of their inability to really do anything and yeah. they're and they're stupid oh so gosh. they really just run like a camp for the hitler <laughs> for youth kids yeah oh man um we have scarlett johansson who plays jojo's mother her name is rosie um she's amazing She's phenomenal. Lizzie actually said when she saw this movie, she's always seen certain movies where she's like, that's what I want like our family to be. But she's never seen a movie where she's like, that's how I want to be as a mother. Yeah. Until this movie. And she's like, that's, that's how I want to be as a mother. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Yeah. It's and, phenomenal. And Taiki Watiti's version of a mom and like what, what it means to be like a strong like leader. Yeah. Was, was great. Yeah. I think that was fantastic. Jojo's one good friend. Yorkie, um, <laughs> and then so goofy. and then we have Elsa. Uh, I mean, we'll actually get to Elsa a little bit later. The, not the one from Frozen. Not the one from Frozen. Not the one Different from Elsa. Frozen. I know you're in there. Oh, that <laughs> actually, to the unknown. That actually applies. Ah, ah. Wow, this that's phenomenal. We should. Okay, so the movie starts out with Jojo staring at himself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And he just says, like, Jojo Betzla, 10 years old. Today you join the ranks of the Jungvolk, a very special training weekend. It's going to be intense. Today you become a man. Which, when Clint was watching, re-watching this last night, and I watched it like a week or so ago, it's just interesting because Jojo is 10 years old, but he's trying to be... Seems like he's twenty five mm-hmm. or, or older. And this is this is a comedy, so everything in this movie is purposely stretched and exaggerated, but it is like a truth that was told to the kids of of that well, of that time. Yeah. And you said that was very opposite. Yeah, I I think that is very opposite of the generation Z that we see growing up now, where in some ways we are forcing the youth nowadays to grow up i would say academically faster because there's so much more they have to learn 
or even in athletics and stuff like that. Like that's where forcing them to grow up. But in regards to responsibilities and lives and stuff like that, we're, we're not. not. Uh, we actually see they're not driving. Yeah. They're not dating. Or they're not getting jobs, stuff like that. Yeah. So we see a bunch of research showing that. So it's just kind of interesting to see a comparison between their generation, which was forced to grow up because of the war, where they were forced to grow up uh, and join the military or get jobs and stuff, all to support the war effort. Whereas nowadays the focus is more on the academics or the, the sports and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you you slowly see that his imaginary friend is pacing behind him. And that's, you know, how when you, if you don't know anything about the movie, you see it's Adolf. And he turns to Adolf and says, like, I don't think I can do this. What? Of course you can. Sure, you're a little bit scrawny and a bit unpopular. And you can't tie your shoelaces even though you're 10 years old. But you're still the bestest, most loyal little Nazi I've ever met. Not to mention the fact you're really good looking. So you're going to get out there and we're going to have a great time, okay? Okay. That's the spirit. And this, I really like this because two episodes ago with the the Peanut Butter Falcon episode, we talked about like identity and like bringing someone back to themselves. And that happens through encounter of someone else and the encounter of them like telling you like, that's not who you are. This is who you truly are. Mm Mm-hmm. But what's funny is the encounter he's having isn't with someone else. It's with himself. Right. And it's not even just with himself. It's with this, like, this brainwashed aspect of himself. Yeah. So, like, what, I, what we were talking about earlier was, like, Adolf as an imaginary friend is, like, like your conscience or, like, the voice, you know, that the picture of, like, the devil and the angel on the side of your shoulders. Yeah. And as Adolf, that's clearly the wrong side feeding into him. Mm-hmm. But he only has one imaginary friend, so he doesn't have this, like, angel... Well, that technically would be Rosie, but that's like a real person. Yeah. But something that came to mind was, so this is very serious, and it was something I actually wanted to bring up, but I don't want to like delve too much off topic. This past weekend, while we were in Austin, here in Houston, there was a brewery that ha- held a black mass. Yeah. And for those that don't know anything about that, that's like they had a, a satanic temple here in Houston come perform a black mass which is a mockery of the modern mass they purposely change latin so it's like defacing mary and certain things but they yeah. also obtain a consecrated host and deface it so update on that Go i don't ahead. know if this is accurate or not but supposedly the host was not actually consecrated okay and they bought it online and okay. thought it the was. consecration happened when you eat it and the con- that was the consecration okay i don't know if that's true or not but i saw a an exchange between some of the people that were there and some catholics so either way no but i hopefully that's that's yeah. the case either, either way because of this event i've just had some very interesting conversations lately yeah with that like me and lizzie and then like me and chris and one thing me and chris talked about today when i stepped away from the church I researched tons of religions just to figure out like what I believed. And mm-hmm. a few of those were obscure religions. One was voodoo, which is a very interesting cultural religion. One was Satanism. And there is this sect of Satanism where if you actually study its history, it doesn't come from the fact of like Jesus or, or God and Satan, but actually comes from this book that's written, which is fictional. Completely based on fiction, it's a story of like the the ever-going war with angels and stuff, but it's not a, it's not like a factual book. And me and Lizzie, one thing we talked about with with this with this thing happening in the brewery was like if you looked at every sign, it was exactly the way Satan would do it. They were selling tickets to the event. One was a general mission. The other was a VIP experience for six hundred and sixty-six dollars. You get your own black coat. Like what other yeah. way to make this like joke of an event? Mm-hmm. But one, but the thing is, is like they were selling money and awareness for for animals, like for for vets, not people, but animals. And then the other thing is like when I listen to a podcast on Satanism, what people think it stands for is the underdog, these people who are a little bit scrawny, a little bit unpopular, mm. who can't tie their shoelaces, even though but, they're ten years old. But you can still get out there, because this is for you. This is this is something, and I think it's interesting that like the difference between Shia LaBeouf telling the other character that he could be a wrestler because he actually could is different than saying like because of your imperfections, 
all these false truths are still true and you can still like i don't can you better phrase that for me correct me if i'm wrong what you're trying to say is like in the peanut butter falcon they admitted there were things that they were not able to do but still supported each other in what they could do yes whereas in this situation adolf is all gung-ho about saluting him and just making sure that jojo is the best yeah, little, little nazi anything yeah you could still just like hail me yeah it just yeah exactly i don't know he, he he gave him false hope and there's even lines in here I, i'm assuming you'll get to it eventually where they're like yeah we're losing the war but you might as well join us anyways and it's yeah. just like this is where you need to be and it's all these things where it's just like they know that what they're doing is wrong and ridiculous and that they make that apparent because like you said it's a comedy they exaggerate and they're trying to convince these kids and brainwash these kids come do it anyways yeah it's great Uh, and so rather than saying hey yeah there are some things that you can't do but wrestling isn't one of those things you can do that not because it's a lie but because it's true you have the gifts and the talents to do that whereas in, in this movie there's like things that they realize man you can't do this yeah but come do it anyways yeah yeah, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Is that what you're trying to get at? Sort of. Okay. I mean, it's it's more of like actually with with that religion of, of of Satan and in that voice, he's saying, you know, like I said, when I say the underdogs, and this is such a such a sticky topic. I'm saying, you know, the things where people think that like Catholics hate those people. Oh, Satan's saying you're welcome too, and it's not like we hate anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. And that, that's what I was really trying to get at with, like, this thing of, like, we're not trying to knock anyone down, but in that in that lie where it seems that way, Satan builds you up and, and brings you into something. And that's kind of where the, that's sure. kind of what seems sure. like he's doing this conversation okay. just now. Yeah. But, yeah, you just alluded to kind of the next thing. So he goes to this camp, this camp where they get to experience what it's like to be a German soldier. Well, if you're a male. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so you just kind of said it. Like, over the next day or two, you little critters get to experience some of the things that the mighty German army goes through every day. And even though it would appear our country is on the back front, and there really isn't much hope for winning the war, apparently we're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the movie. Like they just they're they're numb to the truth that they're going to lose. We should pull out now. Yeah, and all these things. And so they start doing. They start like as ten year olds learning how to wield a knife. And if you lose that knife, like you are like nobody. I don't know what that knife could like symbolize, but like that knife is is your identity. Yeah, and I mean this isn't specifically tied into the knife, but another thing they talk about at this camp and throughout the movie is how to identify a Jew. Yes, which which is, is a, I love those conversations. Right, they're so ridiculous. But the the point is like maybe not in the same way, but we've talked about it on here before, especially I think in the early days when it was season one. And it was Steve and I talking about the other. We did an episode on scapegoating, right? Where you identify someone who is weaker and you you target them and you consider them other and you dehumanize them so that you yourself can avoid responsibility for something. And that's exactly what happens, obviously, in in the the Holocaust. But we see that over-exaggerated in this movie where they're saying all these folk tales about the Jews, how they have horns and they are, uh, their brains are run by little devils in their heads and they're scaly because they're descended from lizards and stuff like that. Like all these ridiculous things, they smell like Brussels sprouts and that's how you can identify them. All these like really, really crazy things which make them seem less human. And then there's even one conversation between Jojo and Elsa where he says that she's not human. She's just a Jew. Right. And as stupid as that sounds, like those are real things that were said during the Holocaust. And there's people that still say those things today. And to a certain extent, when we, I'm not saying this is an exact comparison, but when we scapegoat or when we make people quote unquote other, when we see them as different than ourselves, we do that same thing to a lesser extent. We're pushing people away because they're a little bit different. Or we're treating them like less, as if they're less valuable. Yeah, and we haven't said this yet, but Elsa, so he comes home from this weekend. They're learning, like, all these false things. But actually, well, he 
comes home early because he nearly killed himself. He, he stole a grenade, threw it, <laughs> and ended up almost blowing himself to death. He practically did. Comes home early and he walks home when his mom's not home and discovers Elsa. I, I want to point out the reason why he stole the grenade, by the way, is because the Hitler, imaginary Hitler, told him it was a good idea to prove himself. Yes. So yeah. there's another thing to support your idea. Yeah. And he ends up going home early and he meets Elsa, who is this girl who seems to be hiding in her house. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, they confront and he's scared because he's someone else. Sub- subconsciously, he kind of knows what it is, but he doesn't because like like you said, all the things, all the times they're like, how would you know if you spotted you that like, they look just like us? Which I think is super important mm-hmm. that they look just like us. But it's always that they have horns and they, they smell weird. And so he's running away and then she like like grabs him. And she's like, what am I? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, you know what I am. Say it. Just say it. He's like, you're a Jew. And that's when he realizes there's a Jew living in his house. But he doesn't tell anyone right away. Or mm-hmm. he goes to and she threatens, like, if he tells your mom would get caught, you would get caught, I would get caught, and we would all die. Do you want that to happen? And obviously he loves his mom, so he doesn't want that to happen. So that's really important, because the whole movie is about this. The whole movie, after the funny little intro and the funny thing, is like, okay, I'm I'm 10 years old. I want to be an adult who it reigns for Hitler, which means that Jews must go. There's a Jew hiding in my house, which means either she's hiding in my house, my mom doesn't know, and I can't tell my mom, because... She also wants to live for Hitler, and she'd be mad at me. Or my mom is hiding a Jew in the house, which means... And we'll be executed. If. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly the, the, the latter. But there's a conversation, and I don't know what could be taken away from this, right before he throws that grenade. Jojo is actually made fun of from his peers at this camp, from these people that he wants to, like, walk alongside mm-hmm. because he can't like kill anything he's not he doesn't have the guts because he is this compassionate kid he's only 10 years old and they call him jojo rabbit because they want to kill a rabbit and he can't and adolf says i'll let you in on a little secret the rabbit is no coward when they're calling you a rabbit it's not a coward the, the humble little bunny faces dangerous world every day hunting carrots for his family for his country my empire will be full of all animals Lions, giraffes, zebras, rhinoceroses, octopuses, rhinoctopuses, even ma- even the mighty rabbit. And like I said, I don't really know. I think that's more of just a foreshadowing in the sense of the rabbit is no coward. And Jojo, in its true essence, Jojo is like the cowardly lion in the sense that he's not cowardly, but he actually shows the true essence of courage. Mm. And that the humble bunny faces dangerous world every day. That is the world he's growing up in, where he's told these lies, and yet he's actively hiding a Jew. And so hunting a carrot for his family is actively hiding a Jew in the midst of dying for it. So he takes his, like the rabbit to the people that are believing the same fake Adolf, the same voice that that's weak, that's what weakness is. He doesn't know it yet, but he innately just like just like with the covenants and things that are written written on our hearts mm-hmm. these laws that aren't things we follow but are actually like a part of us yeah he's he's he innately knows that like this this is more true than the camp i just left and we see that in his hesitation in in a few of his conversations afterwards where he's hesitantly asking people like hypothetically if i were to find a jew what should i do yeah and they would tell him and stuff and he comes back to her and, and offers like a proposition and stuff where they kind of work things out and they end up becoming friends sorry spoiler alert <laughs> uh, but it's pretty predictable i think there's a lot of like really funny conversations after that first interaction between jojo and adolf but they're mostly just funny and r- ridiculous not- yeah and they're mostly because adolf really is noticing his imaginary friend is noticing that he's becoming friends with elsa mm-hmm. and he's like what are you doing and every time he tells him what he's doing and his long game plan, Adolf's kind of like, oh, I didn't think of that. That's a good idea. But I also don't like what you're doing. Be careful. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I love, and you've mentioned this, the he's brainwashed. Mm-hmm. 
But one thing that they keep referencing is that Jews have the power to, to brainwash to, you. Yeah, to brain control. Mind control. Yeah. They have mind control. And it's like Hitler had mind control. Like the Reich were controlled by his speeches, controlled by this movement, and mm-hmm. just believed these lies because he raised kids from their youth to adulthood to say, this is bad. And yet he's one of the things they were saying was like, they have mind control, stay as far away from the enemy. Yeah, so there's this conversation between the two of them, Adolf and Jojo, where Adolf says, there's no reason this thing in the attic needs to ruin your life. In fact, you could use it to your advantage. Jojo's like, how? Adolf says, when someone tries to use mind powers on me, know what I do? I use mind powers back on them. What I mean is this, make her feel (laughs) safe, and then she'll drop her guard. And then you will be the one in control. And Jojo's like, reverse psychology. And I was like, don't complicate things. Just use my backward mind power <laughs> trick and everything will be fine. Uh, Actually, this reminds me of something very serious. My first girlfriend, I was a junior in high school. She was emotionally manipulative in, a, in very terrible ways. I thought I was head over heels in love because I didn't know what love was and those are the words she used I was like yes and then all these things to the point where we went on multiple breaks through this year to year and a half relationship and every time we went on a break come to find out and find out until years later she would message other guys we were on because we're on break right sure but those guys being like like if you and I were friends like we are friends now she would message you and this is how I found out years later because my friends finally told me. Yeah. And this is, this is what she did. She told me after we started, started dating, it was only like, a, like three days to a week of a break. When we got back together after our break, doing air quotes, she would be like, hey, this person messaged me. It made me feel uncomfortable. Can you confront them and tell me to leave me, leave me alone? And she would tell them that I knew about what they were doing and that they needed to avoid me. To the point where I would call them, tell them leave me alone, and then the rest of our time ever, we would see each other and then avoid each other. Mm. And I think that's what, like, this, you know, the essence of telling people that the Jews have mind control keeps them from getting too close to a Jew to realize they're just a person. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. I don't know if there's much to bring out here, but one thing we haven't mentioned so far is that JoJo's dad isn't directly in the picture Mm -hmm. we learn from some of the other people that he's in the military but apparently ran away or is dead we're not really sure what's the case and in this conversation where jojo and rosie are having dinner he hurts her like pretty bad by saying i'm stuck here with you and dad's out there fighting and doing all this good and she's like you want your dad he's like yeah and they yell back and forth a little bit And she gets up and walks over to the fireplace and takes ash, smears it across her face like a beard. Motherly move. And she, in a very emotional way, like role plays both the father and the mother. And the mother. But it's like the father freaks out at Jojo for talking back to his mother like that. And then she, the mother, freaks out at the dad. Freaks out at the dad and makes. She's talking to herself, (laughs) playing both characters, but she convinces the dad to come back and apologize to the son, and then they all dance together. And this idea of, like, dancing is something that's really big throughout the movie, which we haven't talked about yet. We have not, and we should. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's do it. I don't think we've gotten to the part yet, but there's a scene where... Well, I don't think they address it in in that moment, but, I mean... In that moment that you're talking about, but I, she wants she starts dancing with the dad or herself, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Jojo, come dance with me," and he's kind of reluctant at first, and she's like, "Come dance," because like, I don't I don't know if she says it, but she's she, you kind of notice she she wants to because it's freeing, mm-hmm. it's freeing. She then, says it later, okay, in a different scene. So she starts dancing in the street later on. That's right. And Jojo's like, "Why are you always dancing?" And she's like, "Dancing is what you do when you're free." Yeah. And then he poses the same question to Elsa. He says, what's the first thing you would do when you get your freedom? And she says, dance. And there is something to that. Dancing is weird. Dancing is weird in the sense of if if you're thinking about everyone that's around you and you're just assuming they're looking at you, you don't want to do anything. 
But if you're just like listening to the music and you're just moving your body in a way that you think you, is just like, that's just what the music is doing to you. Then you forget that there's people around you. You forget that there's anything and it, and it does for you. It takes you away from this world that you're in and into just pure bliss and joy. Yeah. I don't know. That gets back to what we we're like, how we were describing the show at the beginning of the episode, you know, when we were talking about just like getting to those transcendentals, the good, the true and the beautiful. I guess you can make arguments saying that there's truth in, in dancing, but the, the idea that you're just like, you're engaging in something that is so beautiful that it moves you to do something. Yeah. That that's God acting, you know, and that that's part of what we mean by the transcendentals. And I just had a eureka moment, which I've never, I didn't even connect. Jojo meeting Elsa. Elsa is like dance for Jojo. How so? Because so when when they meet Elsa, Jojo decides. One thing we haven't talked about decides to write a book about Jews because everyone he knows doesn't know how to identify a Jew, and so he's oh, like, yeah, if yeah. I can write this book, I can figure out how to identify Jews. Well, Elsa knows what he's doing, so she's lying to him. She's like, well, obviously we love money, and we have horns. They're under our hair, and. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing people don't know is we're allergic to food, biscuits, cheese, meats, meats and, he, and like, because she's hungry. But then she's like, don't you have any friends? And he's like, yeah, I have York, but do you? She's like, I have Nathan. And Nathan, you've come to find out is she's, she was engaged to Nathan mm-hmm. and he used to send letters, but she couldn't get the letters. So Jojo fakes this letter of Nathan to get to her because he's a Nazi not well not he's not a Nazi but he's a kid that wants to be a Nazi of Nathan breaking up with her and she gets offended and and like starts to cry and like leaves so he writes another letter as Nathan saying he didn't mean to write that and that he's sorry and all these things and this one you realize like Jojo kind of has a heart this he is a, a rabbit he is caring but communicating and trying to write this book with Elsa is freeing the captivity of his brainwashed heart. Mm-hmm. She is danced to the, to, to the sense of realizing what it means to be human to the point where when she realizes what Jojo's doing because of a, a secret about Nathan and that Jojo made up those letters yeah. and tells him that you're going to find love one day. That's what love is. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's talking to his mom later. And she's like, it's the very next day. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you're going to find someone special. He's like, why does everyone keep telling me that? And he's, and then she's like, he's like, it's a stupid idea. And she's like, you're stupid. Love is the strongest thing in the world. I think you'll find that metal is the strongest thing in the world, followed closely by dynamite and then muscles. Besides, I wouldn't even know if I saw it. (laughs) And Rosie's like, surprise, surprise, your shoelace are undone again. And she goes and ties shoelaces. She goes, oh, Jojo, you know when it happens. You feel it. It's a pain in my heart, I bet. In your tummy. Like you're full of butterflies. Yuck. Yeah, yuck. Now come on, get a move on. And then you feel like, you realize she's like tied his shoelaces together to play with them. But I think that's important. It goes back to, you know, the virtues, you know, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Mm-hmm. love is the strongest thing in the world but she doesn't say it's easy right. or it's joyful she said it's a pain mm-hmm. it's this thing that makes us feel uncomfortable like like this like butterflies in our stomach isn't painful but it is just like like you want to throw up love is dying on the cross yeah and sacrificing what you think you know for something else and that's what Jojo's experiencing at freaking 10 years old through the dance of conversation and the dance of relational ministry the the following scene is the one we were just talking about too with the dance so they're kind of like riding their bikes home and Rosie's kind of just saying you're growing up too fast 10 year olds shouldn't be celebrating wars talking politics you should be climbing trees and then falling out of those trees and Jojo says but the fur says when we win it is us the young boys who will rule the world and she kind of just like scoffs at that and says the Reich is dying you're going to lose the war and then what are you going to do? Hmm? Life is a gift. We must celebrate it. We have to dance to show God we are grateful to be alive. And Jojo says, well, I won't dance. Dancing is for people who don't have a job. And that's where Rosie says, like we were saying before, dancing is for people who are free. It's an escape from all this. And Jojo says, well, you're free to dance your way home. And then Rosie says, 
all right oh no you don't no one can stop me mm-hmm. this idea of like no one can stop me from from dancing no one can stop me from being free and no one can stop me from showing god that i appreciate this gift of life and can i spoil it go ahead okay we see that she spoiler alert she, yeah huge spoiler alert she sacrifices herself no one can stop her celebrating her life and celebrating the lives of others and living it to the fullest because she's trying to rescue not just Elsa, but she's part of this greater rebellion, this resistance against the Nazi party. And she does everything she can to stop that. And ultimately she ends up paying the ultimate price. She She's killed because she's caught. And even some of the Nazis at the end say, yeah, we're really sorry about your mom. Like, Despite everything, she was the best. She of- was a great woman and just a great human being. Yeah, and I think we're we're meeting this cusp of like coming of age through a lot of the characters. So it, it that that was a turning point where JoJo's he's he literally sees his mom hanging in the streets. Yeah. They just show it and it's because she was secretly sending out flyers in the war. It was wrong and all these things yeah. and standing up for something that is good in the midst of persecution which is a beatitude of ours well in in this moment when when we see or when when he sees his mother hanging in the streets we don't even see the the character all we see is her shoes and ironically the only reason we knew what her shoes looked like was because she was dancing and we saw her feet and he cut he just runs up to her and hugs like her legs because that's all he can reach and he just sits there and he cries and to me, as I kind of thought about that, it seemed very much like what you would imagine would be Mary at the foot of, of Jesus. So it's kind of like this role reversal in a way of rather than the mother at the foot of the, the son, it's the son at the foot of the mother just weeping yeah. at, at the sacrifice for life. Yeah. I don't know if it's before this or after this. Is that before the people come to his house? That is before, yeah. So... Shortly after this, he goes... Uh, no, it's after. It is after. Yeah, her death is after. So, but okay. The, the, dan- the dancing is before. Yeah, so he's dancing, and then he goes home, and the this, some German guards come because they want to inspect his house. Mm-hmm. And they're expecting it, and tearing everything apart, looking for clearly Jews, and Elsa's there. And then Wilson's character comes over to like check on... Um, jojo after the explosion and so he's caught into the mix of things and everyone's there and elsa decides in the heat of the moment surprise to even the viewers i'm gonna go out and she does and she pretends to be jojo's sister which he actually does have a sister right. who passed away but no one knows that she passed away it was no kind one of knows, a secret thing no one knows she passed away or any kind of much about her it's even like minimal conversation between the family itself and she Elsa knows because she lives in her room or in the walls of her room, so she sees the photos. And so she does it. They ask well, her. She said she was friends with the sister before the war started. That's that's yeah, that's true. So they ask for her papers. She gives them the papers of what you can assume to be the sister, and then they, and then and it's it's this is not to the other guards. This is to Rebel Wilson. Not Rebel Wilson. This is uh, I don't know the actor's name. Freud, yeah, the the one that's running the camp. And he... Captain K is his Captain name. Captain K, yeah, Clinton Zimporf or something. And he's like, what's what's your birthday? And she says it. And then they're like, all right, you're good to go. And everyone's like, great. And they leave. And as they leave, George is like, Elsa, you fooled them. And she's like, it's seven. I was like, what? She was born on the seventh. I said the first. He was helping us. They'll be back. They forgot she's dead. And I'll be dead. And it's just, there's this moment now that you realize this Nazi who, through the heart of Jojo just being different and being this rabbit, even at his camp, also, like, realizes the truth and knowing his mother. And then shortly after this, his mother dies. And then shortly after that... Well, can we talk about the scene right after that with Adolf? Yeah. So after this whole thing goes down, Jojo goes back to his room and Adolf is like, man, that was a complete (laughs) bust. Mind explaining that? And Jojo's like, she's not, she, she doesn't seem like a bad person. And then Adolf says, like talking about his friendship with Elsa, to put it plainly, 
get your crap together and sort out your priorities. You're 10, JoJo. Start acting like it. And so he's like, this is where we see Adolf is really turning against JoJo. Yeah, in a harsher because, way. Because we're seeing JoJo is actually starting to realize she's a human being and she's not bad. She's actually good. And another spoiler alert, he even admits that he has feelings for her. And he starts feeling that those butterflies that we were talking about. Yeah. And he starts realizing like what love is. And so in more ways than what you were describing before, Elsa does bring freedom to him because she introduces him to love. Exactly. Which love is the greatest thing in the world. And out of love, his mom offered herself for Jojo. It's like Harry Potter. So then in this midst of understanding all this and realizing he does have feelings, even though there's an age gap, there's an age gap. Elsa's not his age. He goes back because Elsa says to him, like, if you ever find any more of those letters from Nathan, let me know. Mm-hmm. And so he writes one more and he goes and he says, dear Elsa, I know it's hard for you at the moment. I know you feel like giving up, but you have to carry on. Me and your good friend Jojo have devised a plan for you to escape. So please listen to him. He's going to help you get out of here. And then you can come live in in Paris. And don't worry about Jojo. He'll be okay. See you in Paris, Nathan. That's when you realize Nathan's not alive anymore. She's like, he's dead. He's like, what? Nathan died the first year, tuberculosis. Jojo's like, well, that's weird. He wrote these. (laughs) But no, Jojo was willing to have her escape for her freedom and never see her again. Yeah. Yeah. He and said, don't worry about JoJo. You'll be okay. To kind of give some uh, context to that, too, the Russians and the the allies, so the Americans and the French and the British, they, they win. Up. Yeah. They win, they win the battle, and she's still stuck inside, not being able to go outside. He's out there, kind of part of the battle, kind of not, and he's, like, going around. Eventually, there's all these, like, troubles and he gets arrested and almost killed and captain k actually ends up saving him uh and then that's when he goes back to elsa and he walks in and she asks what's going on out there and he pretends like he doesn't know what he's talking about like out where she's like outside tell me jojo what's going on is it safe to come out and he sits there and he thinks about exactly what you're saying if i say yes if i tell you the truth she's gonna leave and i'm not gonna have her anymore and i'll be alone actually before you continue I want to go over that scene with Captain K because it's we already touched on it in the sense where you were like, he says Captain K, and this is like all the Nazis have been they're arrested from the from the American soldiers, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey kid, look at all this commotion, huh? And he's like, what's happening? Hysteria, my friend. We've come to an end. The party is over. Are you scared? Don't be scared. Look at me. I'm sorry about Rosie. She was a good person, and that's where we and that's where we talked about. It. He's like an actual good person okay like she wasn't like one of us she was really good and he starts to cry and he's like it's okay kid and he's like i mean to tell you i think your book is really great yeah i'm sorry for laughing at it. it's very creative come on come here let's take a look at you as he gets closer he's like you look good you're okay kid now go home look after your sister yours, okay and he rips off the nazi jacket knowing it's not really a sister right knowing it's not a sister but rips off the nazi jacket and pretends like He's a Jew. And like, hey, Jew, get away from me. But I think that's significant because this is the first time Jojo's not wearing his uniform. And that's when he runs back. Dude. To like, to, to sacrifice himself for her. To be like, hey, I'm sorry. Because he even tells her the war, they, like the, the Nazis won the war. Yeah, eventually. And then he, he regrets that. But he's like, he's, his skin is different. It's, it, it's, it's literally the peeling back from the... the yeah. Chronicles of Narnia. In a very subtle, quick moment. Yeah, so, oh my gosh, which book is that? The Voyage of the Dawn Treader? Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Where yeah. uh, the dragon... He's the dragon. And Aslan is the lion, which is Jesus, comes in and peels off the dragon scales and returns him to Himself. being a boy. That's what's happening here. Right. And so, for the first time, he's feeling what it's like to be a Jew, right? In the way that he's been taught to treat the Jews. Which, as we've been saying, is just a normal... Is, good person right but is being beaten and like he pushed him to the ground and like shoves him and in a way this is almost a reminder of like christ himself 
where he's his robes are stripped and he's beaten to the ground very briefly it's not like to the same extent of the passion but i, I think there is a very brief comparison there before he returns back to the house and finds elsa so he's told that the war is won but he's faked this letter to say he's figured out a way to escape and as they're walking down once again adolf pulls him aside and he's like what are you doing like this is a terrible idea and he's like you're in love with her aren't you he's like yes admit it i just said yes i knew it <laughs> and so adolf his imaginary friend knows he's defeated so he's like heil me for the whole time's sake just heil me a little and he's like no heil me no and he just says f off hitler and kicks him out the window yeah and that's like he's finally just like no i know you're not good for me i know what it's like for on their side i, I know it's outside this uniform and gets rid of hitler yeah, I, I know we're going kind of long here, so there's one more point I want to bring up. So there's a phrase that comes up twice in the movie. So the first time is when Rosie's still alive, and right after the explosion, so pretty early on in the movie, Rosie is trying to convince Jojo to go outside for the first time since the explosion and since he's left the hospital. And he doesn't want to go outside because he doesn't want people to see all of his scars on his face and everything. He says he's ugly like a monster. And he asks, is it dangerous out there? <laughs> And Rosie kind of just like looks at him, smirks, and says, extremely, let's go. Yeah. And this happens again at the end of the movie. So yes. after Elsa has agreed to go out, they've packed their stuff, and they're, they're on their Thinking way. Thinking the Nazis have won. Thinking the Nazis have won. They are ready to go out the door, and she says, Jojo, is it dangerous out there? And then he does the same thing. He smiles, he looks at her, and says, extremely. And they step out of the house, and then she realizes that it's it's over like it's the, over the, the the allies have won and so i, I do want to point out this actually goes back to the narnia series again when the youngest of the pevensies asks is he safe and the response is of course he's not safe but he is good mm. and so that's the the same idea that rosie is trying to say to her son is it safe outside? Absolutely not. But even though all this crap is going on, this world is still good. This life is still good. And in a way, although he's kind of a, a jerk with it because he hasn't told her that the war is over, Jojo's doing the same thing to Elsa, where her vision of the world is she's, she's lost everyone. Yeah. She's about to go into a world full of people who are trying to kill her, where anyone who could have saved her has now lost, and she's stuck and on her own. She's going to die. And she asks, is it, is it dangerous? Extremely. Absolutely, yeah. And then she realizes it's, it's, it's still dangerous, but she realizes like she's free. Yeah, and, and it's good. Like, and they walk outside. What do we do now? And they dance. And she just starts dancing. Yeah. And then it closes, and there's a quote that comes up. And it just says, let everything happen to you beauty and terror just keep going no feeling is final and i want to close with this the reason i i said at the beginning this is our thanksgiving episode even though it's coming after thanksgiving but i know like in the past that we've coded thanksgiving episodes is because this isn't like a thanksgiving movie but the world is dangerous as we've touched on in many episodes but it's all good and and Thanksgiving even started with with us coming and taking land of pe of of the other the the it, but everyone's people and and there's this thing where like, even now there's that joke where like Thanksgiving is a holiday where you're spending time eating a lot of food people you hate. It's <laughs> like a joke because it's your family, yeah. People you're closest to. It's people that's sometimes hardest to get along with. This is a time where in the midst of everything, in the midst of the turmoil in the church, in the midst of the craziness I just shared about this past weekend, whether you knew about that or not. In the midst of this dangerous and, and hard world, and maybe this hardship for a lot of people during this time of the holidays, there's freedom and good in that. And this is that time to really just like, I know it's cheesy to say to be thankful for that, but maybe just to be aware of it. Find the good. Yeah. And I already have a challenge, but yeah, just find the good. Do you have anything to add to like this as like that kind of... No, I think that's exactly it. And as far as that closing closing quote it was let everything happen to you beauty and terror and that's not saying just like just let it happen just like allow whatever is going to happen happen to you i think like, it falls with a third part right it it's just keep going yeah so beauty and terror so it's saying let everything happen to you like yes 
these things are going to happen. There's going to be great beauty in life. There's also going to be great terror in life. But no matter what happens, keep going because nothing is final. And that's especially true for us as Christians where people, there's this saying like nothing is final except for death. For us as Christians, this, that's not even true. No, nothing is final except for life. Okay, I see, I see where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 okay. Not on earth, though. <laughs> oh, got him. Yeah, so let everything happen to you. Realize that there's going to be beauty. There's going to be terror. Just keep going. Nothing is final. Find those blessings. Find that good because it exists. Yeah. So that could be one challenge just to sit with where you are lately, to sit with what what you've seen in the world that seems dangerous and scary and ugly and and to find the good but my other real my real challenge it's going to be after thanksgiving so it's coming out on saturday real challenge is finding one day this week one day doesn't it could be five minutes it could be as long as you want it could be with people it could be by yourself it could be in the shower to turn on some music and just dance yes i like this you know sometimes we say just drop everything and just be and we think that has to be spiritual but just dance just dance in your room uh, i don't know if you if you have to clean sometimes when i'm cleaning i love just putting on jams and just dancing oh, yeah. while doing the dishes but just dance to where like you're not thinking about what you have to do the next day you're not thinking about the presents you haven't bought yet for christmas you're not just thinking dance. about it you're just dancing if you need recommendations reach out to us i have some great dance songs yeah I have a challenge as well. Go ahead. So my challenge is just like Rosie stood up in the midst of the chaos and the evil, uh, even at the cost of her own life, we have it pretty stinking easy as Americans. And most of our listeners are in Western countries, uh, Europe and and Canada for the most part. We don't have it that hard. Let's be honest. Uh, I think a lot of times we say like, oh, it's so hard to be blank in the 21st century. It's not. My challenge for you is to go out there and find a way to serve someone hmm. and actually do it. Maybe it's as simple as just finding a local food bank and helping there. Maybe it's you find someone on the street and, I don't know, you go to the nearest shop and you buy them something to eat for the day. I don't know. Whatever it is, go out and serve. Especially during the holidays, there's people who, who need it more than ever. Uh, there's people who are going to be stuck outside in freezing weather in in the next couple of months and they need blankets and clothes be Christ to them that's my challenge do you have any shout outs uh well lizzie would be one for sure i shot him up last week but all the men in my wedding david and annalisa again yep. just for this beautiful sacrament yeah and all the guys who are coming in for that too and girls they're actually going to be hanging out here before the wedding because David lives so far away. And I actually wanted to give a shout out to someone who we should have given a shout out to a couple weeks ago. So a, a friend of mine from the Pines actually reached out to us via email. I don't know if you ever saw it because I, I responded to I it. Did. So his name is Bernard, camp name Nard Dog. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so he reached out to us and said that he started listening to the podcast a few weeks ago and is just going through the, the early episodes. So when he reached out, he was on episode seven. So, like, wow. super early. Yeah. And he doesn't even know who I am. No. And that was the thing. He, when he addressed the email, it was to myself and Steve. Yeah. And I was like, well, first off, let me clarify. But we also have this third guy. His name's Gordon. So, you might want to check him out, too. So, yeah. Shout out to him. He gave us some awesome feedback and just gave us a lot of love and told us about how he's using some of the stuff that we've talked about on the show. Specifically, it was actually the scapegoating episode is okay. the one that really touched him. Hey, and he said he's cool using circle. that in his own in his own job. He's a, a teacher for, I think it was a, a low-income school. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's super cool to just hear how he's using that kind of stuff in his life. If anything from this show has affected you, please let us know. Like We want to hear these things. And it, it's just so cool to, to actually hear this. It's just a real life. witness to, to this. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, otherwise, like we said, you can find us on Instagram. Not Instagram. You can't find us there. You can try. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at On the Adventure Two, Facebook The Christian Culture, YouTube The Christian Culture, or our website thechristianculture.com. You can find all that stuff in the links below. Yes. Otherwise, thank you guys so much for joining us on the adventure. Happy holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Advent. Happy it's not Advent. Christmas yet. Christmas no, doesn't not. start yet. People are people can say it. It's all right. Well, okay. I'll allow it. 
just this once. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Oh, wait, I'm recording. Yeah. <laughs>